Hi and welcome to the Psyche Podcast where we discuss all things mindset, mental well-being and living your best life. I'm your host Hannah and I'm a mindset and mental well-being coach and founder of Psyche Coaching. Welcome and we hope you enjoy the show. Hi friends and welcome back. I hope you have had a good week since we last spoke. And again, I wanted to say a massive thank you to Amanda and Angela who joined us last week. I loved the conversations and personally, a lot of food for thought for me. And this week is hopefully continuing in the same vein with lots of things to reflect on and lots of that practical advice that we that we like to give you here. I'm recording this on Sunday and I've just got back from taking the pup up for a walk even though it was a little drizzly and he normally doesn't go out. Um, And I've been back in the jiu-jitsu gym this weekend because we're now out of lockdown. And it's something this lockdown um, has only been a month and for me has been more positive in that I was slightly more active than in the first lockdown um, and still able to kind of nurture myself and, and think about that stuff. But I wasn't as active as I normally would be. And there are pros and cons to that. The pros are more sleep, and that is often something, uh, as you know, that I I can struggle with, um, getting enough sleep. But exercise is one of those things that comes up over and over again on the podcast um, from guests as something beneficial, and it definitely has an impact on my mental health. So I was in the gym this morning, Um, It was, (laughs) I'm not saying it was particularly fun, it was quite tricky, but uh, I'm feeling good for having moved my body in that way. Uh, And now happy to sit down and chat to you and introduce today's episode. And we're diving into another really, really important topic, something that we uh, we can't really avoid, uh, we can't really escape from, uh, because humans are a social creature. And we have all kinds of relationships in our lives, whether they're romantic relationships, friends, family, colleagues, neighbours, everything. And so I I really love this conversation uh, with Craig. Craig is a psychologist and that's, as you'll hear, (laughs) and I I try not to derail the conversation too much, is something that is in my kind of long-term plan. So I love talking to him generally for that reason and he brings a wealth of experience and knowledge to the show Um, but really exploring relationships and the important aspects that can make relationships flourish and and thrive Um, and particularly at the moment when there are these additional challenges on relationships. So I think this is a really important conversation. I think the the advice that Craig shares is applicable to any type of relationship. So I really hope that you enjoy this conversation and that you take as much from it as I did. So let's dive in. Hi, everyone, and I'm really happy to welcome this week's guest, Craig, to the podcast. So Craig, welcome. And if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. First of all, thank you for having me on this podcast. Um, I'm Dr. Craig Springer. I'm a licensed psychologist, uh, licensed in both New York and New Jersey in the U.S. Um, I have my master's and doctoral degrees in clinical psychology from Fairleigh Dickinson University. And I'm the principal and managing partner of the Good Life Center for Mental Health in Cranford, New Jersey. 
I am the former director of the Center for Psychological Services, overseeing 10 doctoral training clinics uh, at Rutgers University. At the same time, I co-directed a New Jersey Coordination Center for Child Abuse and Neglect Forensic Evaluation and Treatment. And prior to that, I spent 10 years as a supervising psychologist at Newark Beth Israel Medical Center, where I developed a model for treating childhood trauma. And I subsequently wrote a book um, on that topic um, that I have available for purchase at this point. Awesome. I'm writing that down right now because part of my, my long-term plan uh, is to train as a psychologist, actually. And I'm at that point where hopefully September 2021 fingers crossed, I'll start a doctoral program. So awesome. very selfishly, <laughs> we won't well, just talk about that. congratulations uh, on pursuing that. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know whether, and I was going to ask you the, the type of psychologist, because in the UK, we have different types and I'm looking at clinical or counseling. And I don't know if you have right. counseling psychologists. We do. We do. Yeah. So I'm a clinical psychologist. That's how I was trained. And I have my PhD. So I had to do research as part of my training as well as uh, mm -hmm. clinical practice. Yeah, it's, that's uh, that's pretty similar uh, to the UK, and I'm sort of yeah torn between the between the two. So we'll see, uh, but I won't uh, derail this conversation by just kind of <laughs> picking your brains. But outside of this, I might well <laughs> contact sure, you. Sure, sure. Uh, question. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, there, there's I mean a wealth of knowledge and experience that you have there, and a, a great experience. And again. Childhood trauma is something, again, I could completely just ask you loads of questions about, yeah. but we are going to be talking about relationships today because that's sure. an area that you work with people. And, mm -hmm. and I guess that the moment it's, um, it is a weird time. <laughs> I think that's fair to say. Um, and, and I know one of the things that you help people with is about intimacy in, in relationships and having more meaningful relationships. So maybe before we kind of get into COVID and the impact of that on relationships, maybe we can just start with how we can have really deep, meaningful relationships, how we can kind of build sure. those. You know, what most people want um, in their relationships, and, and this is either relationships that are intimate relationships that you might have with a spouse, but also relationships that you might have with your kids or relationships that you might have with even your coworkers um, or, or friends. People want to be heard. People want to be understood. People want to be listened to and, and want to know that you understand both what they're saying, but also what they're feeling. So leaning into other people's feelings and um, experiences is really key to having meaningful relationships, as well as sharing some things about how you feel about things, right? So a combination of primarily listening and, and re even reflecting back to make sure that you got it right and asking people how they're feeling about things um, is really important. Um, and, then, and then sharing uh, your own feelings with them and, and also communicating you know, compassion and, and, and you know, gratitude you know, for that relationship. Um, all those things are, are really key to, uh, to forming those, those intimate relationships that people wanna have. I like that you said there about the maybe listening more than sharing, because I think sometimes we can get into too much of the talking about ourselves all the time. And maybe then we're not being a supportive partner or friend or whatever, because we're not doing so much of the listening. We're doing more of the, the talking. Yeah. And, and one of the things that one of the biggest misses that people have is that they, you know, they think they know what the other person's thinking or feeling. They, they make a lot of assumptions and they totally completely miss each other. You know, they're, they're really talking about different things, you know, and when one person says, you know, I get that, I understand that. And then start, 
you know, trying to come up with solutions for it and they're not even talking about the same thing, um, that other person feels uh, misunderstood rather than understood and, and feels a disconnect rather than a connection. So it's really about, you know, making sure that we really are leaning into the other person's experience and, and, you know, really assessing, you know, do we really get what the other person is saying and experiencing? Um, from from a both an intellectual but also a an emotional level because mm. I think we can be very quick to offer the solutions like like you say and sometimes I think uh, if we are expressing how we feel kind of communicating what you want so with one of my friends we might just say I just want a rant like I, I don't want any solutions I just need to let this out and then they know they just have to listen they don't have to sort of try and do that thing where, where we all try and make things better and, and fix things sure and, and I think that, you know, the other thing is that people that have social anxiety um, often feel they have to share these amazing things to connect with people. And, you know, the best connections come from just relating to what the other person is experiencing. And if someone else is really interesting, you know, listening and, and reflecting that back and, and saying, you know, how, how that, that gives meaning to your life. Um, you know, I think that that other person will, will feel even more connected than if you shared your own experience. So, um, you know, often we have this misconception that we need to share amazing things to, uh, to relate to the other person. And it's, it's actually the, quite the opposite. It's, it's really, it, it's almost just um, hearing and listening and, and relating to what that other person is saying rather than our own unique thing that we want to contribute. Yeah, there's, um, there's a saying, which I'm going to get completely wrong, but it's along the lines of, you know, we, we kind of think, as you said, that we have to be the most interesting person. But actually, if you can make the other person feel like the most interesting person by being interested, they're much more likely to come away from that conversation thinking, well, wow, they're really cool. I really liked them. Exactly. You know, and, and you see talk show hosts do this all the time, right? They're not sharing a ton about themselves, right? They're, they're just reflecting back. They're just, um, you know, showing interest in what the other person has to say. And, you know, they're the greatest people in the world, you know, interviewing these, these um, celebrities and others. Um, so it really is a matter of, of listening and, and being able to be, you, the talent is really, under, you know, really being able to look at that other person's perspective from, from your lens and, and sharing that with them and expressing how much, um, how much enjoyment you're getting from, from being part of that. Mm. So how would we go about doing that, sort of expressing that and, and showing Sure. So, you know, one thing is, is there's, there's two pieces to being empathic, right? One is thought empathy and another is feeling empathy. And thought empathy is really just reflecting back what the other person says and checking in with them to make sure that you're getting it right. And that, that there's that the component in there is, is, is inquiry, is, is inquiring, right? And asking them, did I get this right? Did I hear you right? Um, and giving the person an opportunity to correct you if you got it wrong. Right. So that that's the way to, you know, make sure that you're, you're hearing them and hearing them completely and not missing anything. The other piece is is um, is the uh, feeling empathy. And that's uh, being able to try to lean into their experience about what they might have been feeling. If, if they say how they're feeling, they've given you the answer. Right. You just can reflect that back and ask them if there's anything more than what they shared that um, they might be feeling. But if they don't actually share how they're feeling, you might say, I wonder if you're feeling angry or upset or happy or excited or whatever they might be feeling and then ask them if that's how they're feeling. And, you know, if you got it right, great. And you can ask if there's anything else that you might've missed. And if you got it wrong, you're giving them an opportunity to kind of correct you and say, you know, no, I'm not feeling angry. I'm feeling 
um, feeling confused, you know, and, and then you're going to get it right. And ultimately, before you move on to, to talking about anything or coming up with solutions or giving any suggestions or even sharing about yourself, um, checking in with someone and making sure you get them both on a thought level and a feeling level um, is key because then you know you're on the same page with regard to what they're saying and what they're feeling. Awesome. And, and you've said about reflecting back. And for anyone who's hearing that and thinking, what, what does that mean? How do I reflect back? Could you explain a little bit around that? Yeah, it, it's, it's paraphrasing someone's words, right? So if someone says to you, um, you know, I would like, um, you know, I would like to go on a trip to Disney World, you know, you would essentially say, you know, oh, so I hear that you would like to go on a trip to Disney World. Um, so that essentially is reflecting back. It, it's just paraphrasing what the person said, checking in with them to make sure you got it right um, and you got it completely. And if there's anything that you missed, giving them an opportunity to share the additional components. If they didn't share everything with you prior, then you're giving them a chance to add more to it. Um, and that's essentially what it is. It, it's nothing more than that. And you know, you may use, you may reflect back with, with the same words or similar words to what they said, or you may reflect back with, you know, your own kind of interpretation, your own words back, but just making sure that you're, you're got it right. Mm. And so for, for some people who don't kind of communicate on this level, it might be a bit of a, a shift to, to mm -hmm. get used to really communicating in this way. Is it something that kind of takes time to feel comfortable and to build up that trust? Or is it something that quite quickly you can kind of feel the benefits from? So there, there are concrete strategies that you can learn to do this. Um, you know, if, if it's not a tendency that you normally have, it could take some time to really develop the skill, right? And not sound robotic and not sound rehearsed, right? And, you know, really be able to do it in a way that sounds very natural and, and fluid. Um, so that takes some practice, right? And it also takes practice to, you know, in the moment, you know, sometimes, you know, if we're feeling heated in the moment or we're feeling upset, it's really sometimes hard to, you know, stay with that person and what they're actually experiencing um, and not express our own feelings and sometimes um, have a miss. Um, and, and knowing that that's going to happen sometimes, but that doesn't mean that even if we have a miss, even if we say something or do something that, you know, maybe is upsetting to the other person is not really reflecting that we're, we're hearing them. Um, we can always go back and say, you know, I responded a certain way. Um, I realized that I wasn't really getting what you were saying. And I would love to, um, to hear more from you about what you are experiencing so that we can be on the same page. So it's not like a done deal. It's never a done deal. I think that we can always go back and, and, and try again. And um, even five seconds later, it doesn't have to be, you know, an extended period of time. But even if we have time to reflect back and we're calm, you know, we calmed ourselves down and we can go back to the table and kind of talk about it. Um, that would be a fine thing to do as well. It, you don't have to live with, um, with, with, with messing up and saying, oh, well, I messed up. It's too late to do anything mm -hmm. about it. I, I think that we have lots of things that we can do at, at any given time to help. Mm -hmm. Guess, yeah and I guess it shows that consideration of the other person if you've sort of gone away and reflect on something and then coming back to and saying well actually maybe what I said there wasn't the most loving or, or whatever so right. actually yeah you're showing that, that, that you care so if you are putting this effort in and you are trying to be a more considerate person in your relationships and you are not getting that back and you're feeling unsupported or, or not heard, 
is there anything you can do to try and change the dynamic in that relationship? Sure. So, you know, when there's a, there's a technique called the disarming technique and um, what people, what this technique involves is if, if someone criticizes you or uh, challenges you, um, it's, it's a matter of, once again, it's leaning into the other person's experience and trying to find some truth in, in what they're saying. I mean, oftentimes, you know, at least in, in their mind, there's just truth in it. And oftentimes there's some objective truth as well. And it's a matter of looking for that truth and, and acknowledging it. So for instance, you know, let's say someone criticizes you and says, you know, you never listen to me, right? And um, you weren't listening to them. Um, you know, you don't have to acknowledge that you never listened to them, but you can say, you know, you're right. Um, I wasn't listening to you a few minutes ago. Um, and by acknowledging that you are automatically um, relating differently to them and, and making what they said that, um, that you never listened to them untrue because now you're listening, right? So you're kind of, you know, making the opposite true by doing that. So that is one strategy that can be really great for bringing people together and then going into the thought and feeling empathy that I mentioned to be key and then asking, you know, using inquiry to ask them about it. Because hmm. I guess in that situation that you never do this, there will have been some event where you're maybe not doing that thing, you're not listening. And so then they generalized, <laughs> you never mm -hmm. listen to right, me. And right. So yeah, so finding, yeah, finding that truth in it, that's excellent. So yeah, and it, it doesn't mean that every part of it has to be true. It's, it's a matter of, there is a piece of truth to everything that someone else is saying. And it's a matter of finding that and not, not being disingenuous about it because that's not going to get very far, right? Being genuine in finding that truth that reflects, you know, why are they saying this? What's happening? What did happen a few minutes ago? Um, and um, acknowledging that part of it. And, and that's oftentimes enough for that person to, to not have to fight anymore, not have to argue, not try to convince, that, convince you that they're right and you're wrong because you're not convincing them that you're right and they're wrong, right? So you don't have that kind of dynamic and, and you get to the point of being able to have a real discussion and really understand one another. And then, you know, once you get to the point of being able to be, to really understand one another and share how you're feeling with the other person, you can start to get to a point of maybe coming up with solving a problem or, or, or a compromise. But until you're on the same page, there, there is no compromise. You're compromising about something that you guys don't agree with. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. You're talking about different things. So you have to first talk about, you know, relate, talk about the same thing. Then we can kind of figure out how are we going to go? What, what are our next steps? What are we going to do? to resolve whatever, if there is a problem, how to resolve that. Awesome, yeah, thank you. Um, excellent advice around that. And then oh, the, the current situation, because you know, I think for, for a lot of us, and obviously I think we've always had virtual relationships or via phone or whatever, but at the moment when there are these restrictions on being able to see people physically, have you been seeing an impact on how people think about the relationships and how can we kind of maintain or build that intimacy when we have this kind of imposed distance? For sure. I mean, you know, just to kind of reflect on, on kind of what we're going through, I mean, 20 million people um, in the world, you know, have reported um, COVID cases and um, even in the US, third leading cause of death right now. Um, you know, so we have, we have a lot of feelings and, you know, there's been recent articles that have talked about COVID-19, you know, potentially leading to a mental health pandemic now. Um, you know, we're seeing that people that have had COVID, um, you know, have a, a myriad of, of, 
psychological problems afterwards. You know, we're talking about post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, insomnia, obsessive compulsive disorder, a whole range of different things. Um, and, you know, and, and then people are at home, right, constantly. And if they, if they were having problems in their relationships with their um, intimate partners or kids before, I mean, this is going to take a turn to the level, right? 24 hours with your, um, your spouse or children um, can kind of make it really difficult for you if, if you're struggling, if you've been struggling um, through that even before. So, um, so this has had a profound impact on relationships. It also has a profound impact because people aren't engaging in relationships that they normally would have, right? With, with peers and coworkers in, in the same way that they had before. Um, so now their, their social circles are much more limited. So, you know, the thing is that um, with that said, you know, there's been tremendous pain, you know, people have been experiencing in, in their feelings of connectedness to one another. And, you know, some of the strategies that I, that I mentioned, you know, ring true here too, you know, and trying to relate to each other and the people around you. But, you know, I strongly, strongly recommend that people find ways to connect with people outside of their immediate circle. Um, you know, if they feel it's safe to do so in small groups, go for it. Um, if not, you know, definitely, you know, schedule online dates, you know, and, um, you know, I had a dinner date with a friend a few weeks ago and, um, you know, on, on Zoom. And, you know, initially I was kind of like, you know, this is, this, this is really strange, you know. I'm used to, you know, eating at the same table with someone and um, eating the same food and, and having a conversation, you know, in, in the same room, a few feet from each other. Um, and they said we had this screen um, and, and actually my family was there and his family was there and, and we all got together and started talking. And initially it felt very strange. Mm -hmm. um, but over time, it just became natural. You know, we were having conversations that we normally would have if we were sitting in person. So yeah, we were eating different food and we had a screen between us, but we still felt connection. And, mm -hmm. and that's the really cool thing that even with using technology, the connection could still be there. And so it's, it's so important that people kind of get past the mindset of, you know, I need to be at a restaurant with someone or I need to be at their house to engage and to feel connected, um, you know, we need to try different things and see what works for us. Not everybody would be receptive to that, right? And, and that might not work for them. And some people like larger groups, some people like smaller groups, some, you know, some people want one-on-one -on -one time. But mm -hmm. finding ways to do it in a way that, that feels safe and comfortable um, using technology or using, you know, going to a park and, and creating, you know, I, I know a lot of people around me are now creating um, social, socially distant get-togethers, right? Where they're, they're meeting in, in um, someone's backyard and sitting, you know, six feet apart and, um, you know, uh, eating or drinking and, you know, talking from, from that distance. And, you know, yeah, we have to change the way we do things right now. And, um, but that doesn't mean give it up. It doesn't mean, you know, because we're, we're having to experience this, um, this situation where we have to kind of keep a little bit uh, apart from each other. It doesn't mean we have to be emotionally apart from each other and, and, doesn't mean we don't have to, we, 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 you know, that we shouldn't create opportunities for social engagement. So I can't stress that enough. What I, what I feel for are the people that um, maybe are looking for uh, romantic partners um, and yeah. dating right now. I mean, that's, a, it's, it's tremendously difficult because, you know, all the strategies that people were, t were using to date in the past, you know, with, with you know, meeting up for dinner or drinks or whatever it happens to be, some, you know, a lot of those things are not really, um, 
you know, most people don't feel comfortable with doing. So, um, but, I, you know, I still think there's ways to engage and, and, you know, some of it may be, or maybe more time would be spent, you know, engaging online um, and, and, you know, and, and meeting, you know, via um, Zoom or other, other online, you know, methods until people are, are more comfortable and, and COVID's more under control in their area. Um, you know, but we have, we have to do things. We're social people, you know, that's, mm. that's part of who we are as human beings. And, you know, to not have that can create tremendous amounts of pain. And we've seen, you know, an adverse effect on, on so many people in terms of their mental health because of this feeling of disconnection. 40% of people um, uh, from a recent CDC study, you know, were uh, indicated that they were experiencing mental health or behavioral health conditions. That's a lot, you know, we're talking about almost half the population, uh, the people that were surveyed and 11% of people in, in June um, had actually said that in the prior 30 days, they were thinking about committing suicide. Um, that's, that's pretty significant. And, and I imagine a, a good amount of that is, is feeling socially disconnected. Mm. So, you know, the answer is not just, um, you know, isolating ourselves from the world. Um, you know, we might have to social distance, but that doesn't mean that we have to distance ourselves um, from having those intimate connections with, with the people that we love and that we care about and also that we want to meet. Uh, we have to find a way through this. And we also have to know that there, there will be a time that comes uh, where, we, where we'll get through this completely. And, you know, it may not return to the way it was before because all of us learned from that, from how it was and, and what was happening and, um, and what happened during this time. Um, but, I, but I also feel that we grow from it. You know, this, this, there's, a, there's a notion called post-traumatic growth. Mm -hmm. And when we have a trauma or experience that um, is something that we, we don't love, um, we can also learn some really positive things from it. You know, one of the things that I, that I often talk about and think about is how much technology, how many, you know, we're using technology now even more so than we ever did before. And people are mm -hmm. becoming so much more proficient in it. And technology companies are really capitalizing on this in the sense that they're developing greater infrastructure and we're going to have that forever, right? That doesn't mm -hmm. get lost, right? If you get more competent using technology, just because we don't need to rely on the technology for the same reasons we do now, doesn't mean we're not going to have access to it. So I think there's lots of benefits that come out of this too. Um, it's, it's, it's a matter of being able to allow yourself to focus on both the difficulties, but also acknowledging the positives um, that, that are, are coming about because of COVID as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, I was thinking, as, as you were saying about the, the relationship impacts and uh, yeah, absolutely, we are completely social, social creatures. Um, but also, I think for a lot of people, some of the other things that help with their well-being had disappeared. So that ability to, to go out for food or for some people work, which can be a big part of how you mm -hmm. see yourself. Lots of these things um, that, you know, that they're maybe not able to do to either manage their mental health or to, to feel that sense of who they are. So I, I think, you know, absolutely, like you said, trying to find ways where we can still have some of that stuff, whether it's, like you said, via Zoom or socially distanced outside. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people are missing, you know, participating in sports that they used to participate in, or, you know, even watching sports that are not necessarily being played in the same way, or, um, you know, in some places, you know, professional sport that athletes are playing, but there's no, they can't, you know, there's no live um, 
group of people watching or spectators and stuff like that. And, yeah. you know, people might have really enjoyed going and watching, um, you know, different types of games and they can't do that now, right? And, yeah. you know, even playing on, on teams and stuff, you know, very few um, just regular teams are, are playing other than professional teams, right? Mm -hmm. And so people might feel, you know, very disconnected from the things that they once loved and enjoyed doing with other people. Um, and it's important to find alternatives. It's important to figure out a new way to do that um, rather than just accept the fact that we have to miss out on all of these things that we enjoy. It's, it's, it's important to fill your life with things that are meaningful and enjoyable to you. Um, and, and, and I would imagine that a lot of those relate to doing things with other people um, and feeling connected doing these things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm just thinking about things that I do and that I've been missing and a lot of them, yeah, involve other people or, you know, things that are outside and, and external. And I was thinking about uh, football has restarted in the UK, so mm -hmm. soccer, not um, American yeah. football. And uh, yeah, without an audience, without spectators and you know, the way that people would usually watch it, either maybe they go and see it live or they'd watch it in the pub, but that's mm -hmm. not really happening. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's the things that you love, but in a different way. So, and I yeah. think, so, yeah. And I think sometimes it's that whole experience, isn't it? It's not just watching the sport, sure. it's the connection, that sense of belonging with your right. team and yeah. Right, for sure. And, and you know, so maybe, you know, people, a few people can get together on a zoom call and you know all have their beer ready to go and watching the same <laughs> game together and talking it through and yeah it's different you know i'm in no way am i suggesting that it's the same and and maybe it won't fulfill you in the same way but you know it might give you something some mm -hmm. some connectedness and some and some enjoyment um and and you know you'll at least have someone there besides yourself feeling like you know lonely and being you know only doing it by yourself and having other people that you could at least talk to about what's happening and share with other people and you know the things that we normally would, would want to do mm. yeah I guess you know as you said it's that adapting and kind of accepting it's not going to be the way it was but it doesn't mean because I think sometimes you'd be like well I'm not going to do it then if it's mm -hmm. not the same yeah. just adapting and still being able to enjoy it in some way and, and make it work yeah. The other thing is, you know, we may actually come out of this and really start to appreciate things that we used to take for granted, right? I mean, you know, you know going to these pubs and, and, and watching sports and, and doing some of the other things that we can't do right now, when those things open up again, and we feel comfortable and, you know, feel like we can go out and do these things and safely, um, we, we may actually appreciate it more, we may ever actually feel even more enjoyment from doing it because we've been deprived of those things for so long. So I, I think the potential for that is also there, which is, which to me is really a cool thing, right? Because sometimes we go through life and we miss so much of what we actually do and we miss, we don't appreciate what we have. Mm -hmm. um, and this kind of makes us, you know, kind of think about, you know, even going to a restaurant, you know, and, and sitting indoors and in air conditioning, right? And, and, you know, right now that's not really happening much. So, uh, you know, all of these things are, are something that um, we took for granted. And, and now, you know, um, at least around my area, you know, pretty much dining establishments are only open outside, right? So if it's hot weather, we have to kind of, if we want to go to a restaurant, we have to deal with the, you know, being in the, in the heat. Um, whereas in the past, it was like, okay, well, we could either eat outside or eat indoors if it's too hot. But, you know, now we don't have that ability. And we may start to appreciate it in a different way once yeah. that opens up again. I just think in the UK, I'm not sure that it's as standard for places to have air conditioning because it's okay. not so hot. Although it was, it was very hot uh, last week. 
and it's so funny because we were moaning about the weather and then we want to be sunny as soon as it's hot we're like mm-hmm. yeah. can't cope because we're not <coughs> not sad for yeah. it. so um yeah we've got some inside but very spaced out has just opened up so okay. um yeah you know even with that you know it, it, it's hard to make the decisions about whether you feel safe with that right you know our government is trying to make the best decision they possibly can with the data that they have um you know but everybody's individual comfort level is going to vary right and you know whether they feel like they want to take that risk or they want to watch other people and kind of see what happens before they go out there and and then and do that um that's an individual decision right and you know and unfortunately we've seen places right in all over the world they've opened up and then closed back down right you know because um you know the infection rate has increased so it's unfortunate you know that we're living in this time um at the same time you know i think that um you know it's important for us to know that um that there are ways to weather the storm and that we will get through it um and um and it doesn't have to be a miserable experience while we're while we're doing that Hmm. yeah absolutely i think that's a a great place to kind of if, if you finish off that bit and then dive into the set questions i ask everyone Sure. So yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on these. So my first question is what always brings you joy in your life? Well, you know, joy in my life is, is brought together by by a number of things. Um, You know, family, friends, and and the the close people in my life are are clearly a very important part of of who I am and and what I enjoy in life. Um, But helping myself, you know, and, and helping others really are, are key. So you know, I have cert- I've set certain goals for myself at various times, um, you know, both short-term goals and long-term goals and achieving those goals, um, I think have, have really um, bringing me great joy. And, and then, you know, helping others achieve theirs, you know, as a, as a clinical psychologist, I get to watch people and, you know, we set goals, right? That's early on in treatment. We, we're, we're together and collaborating and trying to figure out like what people want to achieve with their lives. And, you know, when, when I can, you know, what I bring to the table is, is a skill set and, and some knowledge about, you know, some things that people might be able to do and try to, uh, to get there. Ultimately, they have to be the ones, but, you know, being able to assist them in that, in that process, in that journey uh, toward, toward happiness and joy um, is, is so nice. It's such a great feeling for me and really, uh, you know, gives me a real purpose in life. Awesome. And then the next question is kind of related, uh, which is what makes your life meaningful? You know, having, you know, thinking that I have the ability to cope, adapt, thrive um, with whatever life challenges uh, there are and, and kind of growing from experiences. So, you know, giving COVID, you know, COVID is an example. Uh, COVID is, is one of these things that, you know, none of us were expecting. We're in uncharted territories and being able to have enjoyment and fulfillment even during this time. But, you know, not just that, but also growing from this experience. You know, I think that's what gives my life meaning. Um, and it's not just for me, but for those around me as well. For once again, fa- friends, family, clients, you know, helping them to kind of see, see things in that, in that light and, and achieve what they want to as well, even during difficult times, I, I think is, is very meaningful and, and really contributes to kind of my being. Awesome. Awesome. So my next question is a two-parter. Um, so the, the kind of overarching um, topic, I guess, for the podcast is mental well-being. So the first part is what does mental well-being mean to you? 
Okay. And I think that mental well-being for me is um, looking at, you know, making decisions to have a work-life balance, um, taking care of one's physical and emotional well-being. Um, and this involves, you know, eating well, sleeping well, being active, participating in mindfulness and being focused on, on where you are and what you have and having gratitude for, where, what, for what exists in your life. Um, and, and then, you know, ex scheduling experiences that are fun, enjoyable, and fulfilling. You know, I think all of those things are really what contributes to um, mental wellness in, in, my, in my conception of it. And then I think you've already hinted at this a little bit, but what do you do for yourself to look after your mental well-being? Yeah, I'm, I'm a big person about practicing what I preach. So, you know, I try to do all of those things. Um, do, I, do I do them as, <laughs> as well or as frequently as I would like? Possibly not, you know, I talk about work-life balance, but then I'll see clients until 10 o'clock at night, right? Or mm -hmm. I start early in the morning or, um, you know, I, I won't sleep as much as I, I want to because I'm up at night trying to, um, to make sure that um, I prepare for my sessions the next day. Or sometimes I, I want things that I don't have and, and I, and I lose, lose sight of the fact that, you know, I have these wonderful things in front of me. So while I try to practice what I preach, there are times where my mind kind of goes astray as well. And, you know, what I try to do is bring myself back and, and try to um, realize that, you know, there are these things that I ascribe as, as really important to me and trying to get myself to be, to continue to be active, to continue to take care of myself and um, what my needs are and, and really focusing on, the, on, on what I have in front of me rather than what I want for the future or what I, what I feel regret for the past. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely relate to what you're just saying. Cause I find sometimes, you know, I talk about all these kind of things on the podcast that are helpful. And then sometimes I'm too much in the past or the future or, uh, yeah. But I think that being able to, like you said, come back to it and not kind of beat yourself up about the fact that you've, you've maybe got off track a little bit and being able to kind of accept, okay, that happened, but I'm going to right. focus on it again. It's a great skill to have. So my next question, often a bit of a challenge for people uh, are you able to describe your mindset? Yeah, I, you know, I think that um, my belief is that we create our own mental health journey and destiny. Um, you, we can allow our mind to take us to wonderful places, or we can allow our negative maladaptive and distorted thoughts to take us to dark places and cause significant emotional stress and turmoil. And, you know, while I believe that all types of thoughts kind of enter our minds and, you know, both positive and negative thoughts, we can choose to believe them and follow them. Or we could also choose to just notice some thoughts or dismiss some thoughts or question them or change them. You know, it, I think it's really hard for people um, to, to question their own thoughts, right? It, it's, it, it might be easier for us to question other people, right? And, and what they're thinking or what they're doing or what they're saying. Um, for ourselves, it's hard not to believe with full conviction that our thoughts are true. But oftentimes our thoughts are, um, are very distorted. Our, you know, we, we start, we make these assumptions that are absolutely not true. And if we allow ourselves to go with those thoughts, we can cause tremendous uh, pain for ourselves. Um, but if we, if we allow ourselves to say, you know, do we have evidence for this thought? Is, is this true? Is this objective? Or is this a subjective experience that may not actually be a reality, may not have to be the reality? Um, we're going to be much, uh, much more likely to be able to be happy and feel fulfilled and 
enjoy life. So that's kind of my, my, my mindset. Awesome. And uh, my next question, and I know you're all about kind of giving people concrete strategies they can put in place, which I love. And we like to give people practical ideas here of things that they can put in place that are going to have a massive impact in their life. So do you have between one and three top tips that you would recommend for people? So one thing that I recommend is that people have a now focus, um, that they focus on the here and now, what they have control over. I mean, oftentimes our minds kind of take us into the future and we oftentimes think negative things that will happen. Um, And we have no good reason to believe that that will happen. Um, You know, we might have an inkling here and there, but a lot of times we might be wrong. Um, and it causes us pain because we're, we're, we become anxious, right? We become worried about what might happen or what might not happen. Um, and the same thing with the past, you know, when we think about and focus on the past and, you know, once again, we have no control over what, what's happened already. Um, you know, unfortunately, even as much as we, we want to be able to go back in time and, and change things, we can't. And um, so we might feel guilt, grief, uh, a whole lot of other things, sadness about, about what's happened. And it doesn't help us move forward in any way. Um, obviously, we can we can learn from the past and, and make decisions now, but that's once again being in the present and in, in a time period where we can make decisions and think about things that we want. Um, so that's my first tip: is is really focusing on what we have control over in the present. The second is um, focus on what we have, and rather than what we wish was different. You know, even during COVID, you know, what are the things that we have right now that we could pre- be appreciative and gratitude and, and express gratitude for? Um, maybe we have our families, maybe we have our friends, maybe we have, the, you know, the ability not to commute to work and instead we're telecommuting and uh, we have ex- an extra hour or two in our, in our day. Um, we have more time with our families and, and to spend time and, and beca- you know, have more meaningful uh, conversations, whatever it happens to be. It's really, you know, yes, maybe we wish that we could go anywhere we wanted to go and do anything that we want to do. And if we want to f- uh, travel internationally, we'd love to be able to do that. But all of those things are, you know, once again, not in our control right now. You know, we could do those things, but we may not feel comfortable. So that might not be on the table. So we can decide to, um, to focus on, on what we are miserable about or focus on what we have control over once again and, and, and can enjoy and, and, and really appreciate. And a lot of times it's the people right around us and right in front of us that, you know, we can feel great about. And, you know, we have a, head or, uh, a house over our, our head and we have, um, you know, if we have jobs right now and we can support ourselves, all those things are things that we can appreciate and, be grat- and have gratitude for. And the third suggestion that I would give people is um, when communicating with others, as I mentioned, lean into that other person's experience rather than be so focused on our own thoughts and feelings about things. Um, you know, the first step should really be, what is this other person feeling and, and experiencing and saying right now? And how can I make sense out of it for me? And how can I relate to it? Um, and how can I communicate to that person that I get it, right? Before trying to come up with solutions or responding, um, you know, and, and that would make your relationships more meaningful and continue to build opportunities to have those meaningful relationships. I, you know, I think those are so important. And so those are my, my top three tips that I would give people that um, can really help them live uh, a happier, more fulfilling life. Perfect. Thank you so much for those. And then my, my final question for you is where people can find you if they want to find out more about your clinic or working with you, where can they find you? Okay. So um, the, the center that I have is called the Good Life Center for Mental Health. 
It's in Cranford, New Jersey. Um, and they can visit our website at www.goodlifecenternj.com. Um, they can also email me. Um, they can email me at Craig Springer at goodlifecenternj.com. Or they can also call in the U.S. at 908-956-7880. Perfect. Thank you so much. And are you on social media at all? Yeah, I have. Um, there, there is a, a Facebook account for the Good Life Center um, mm-hmm. as well. Um, there's a LinkedIn account that I have for Dr. Craig Springer. Um, and um, I have uh, Twitter as well. So people can search and, and find me uh, and or the practice in, in those various places as well. Awesome. Brilliant. Thank you for that. Thank you so much, Craig. I've, I've really enjoyed speaking with you. Um, I'm definitely going to check out your book <laughs> as you. well. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for the insight you've given us into kind of relationships and how we can adapt at the moment. I think it's been really valuable. So thanks. Thank you. And it's, it's been really great being on here and talking with you. And um, I wish you great success in, in your pursuit of a doctoral degree. Um, you know, I, I know it's, I, I know it's, it's, it's a long, a long feat ahead, but um, you know, it, it, it's, it's great that you, you want to help other people and, and be in that position. And I wish you the best in you know, all of your endeavors. Yeah, thank you. So thanks again to Craig for joining us. And I have some uh, talking of Craig's or Craig's, uh, sorry, uh, British pronunciation. Actually, last week, I joined a familiar face to the podcast on their show. So way back in season one, we were joined by Craig and Zana. And he came on to share his experience with, was it season one? It might have been the beginning of season two. Anyway, <laughs> quite a while ago, Craig came on and shared his experience of addiction. We had a great conversation. Um, we then connected uh, after that again, when he was running um, a sort of well-being retreat, which I attended, which was amazing and, and really powerful. And Craig invited me on his show to talk about what I'd learned from, at that point, 50 podcast episodes and interviews. And now this is number 86. So um, his podcast is called Happy You Are Here and I guess has a similar uh, kind of feel and, and vibe to us about equipping people with information and ideas to really make the most of their life. So if you want to hear more of my thoughts and, and kind of what I've learned from the podcast, then please do check that out. Uh, the show is called Happy You Are Here. And other exciting news, uh, anyone who has a Spotify account may have seen these wrapped 2020 things doing the rounds of, frustratingly, my my listening one doesn't really give me that much information about my top artists and top pounds and top songs, which I would be quite interested in. But I did get some amazing podcast statistics um, on the the growth of the podcast over the year. The UK was our biggest growth area, which was very exciting, uh, up 600 or so percent, um, because we've always been kind of bigger in the US, which is amazing to all our US listeners. Hi, <laughs> I'm so happy you're here. Um, but also to to have more UK listeners, which is obviously where I'm based, where I'm from, that is very exciting as well. But really exciting is that we have been listened to in 14 countries. And I just think that is amazing. And if you are listening from wherever you're listening from, whether it's the UK, the US or somewhere else, I would love to know just to see 
I mean, I I can see in the, the demographics where it says people listening, but that's not necessarily true. So if you are, wherever you're tuning in from, I would just really love to know where you're listening from. So please you send me a message on Insta or tag me in a story, tag this episode. Um, and we are at Psyche, P-S-Y-K-H-E, coaching. Um, and I would really love to know. And as always, if you have enjoyed the show, please do rate, review and share so that we can reach more people. That's everything. I will be back on Wednesday when we are joined by Lisa. And we're getting a bit more into energetics and kind of, what is the word? Esoteric stuff, I guess, uh, on Wednesday. So please do join me for that. Have a good couple of days. Take care.